was a boy who had a band of brothers. There was a boy who had a band of brothers. He left to meet in council in the wilderness of Maine. He left to meet in council in the wilderness of Maine. And if you asked him who it was he lived for. And if you asked him who it was he lived for. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. Far away! Far away! Far away! He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. He'd tell you of Camp Good evening, Cobbacy families, and welcome to another Cobbacy Evening Fireside podcast. Nobody is in bed yet. This is an early publication of the Cobbacy Evening Fireside podcast because tonight is the hatchet hunt. We had some weather that pushed off the rope burn tonight, and so we're going to do a live podcast. It's actually not live, but we're going to do it now with all the sports and cheering all around us because it's a cool background, and we're going to post it at the normal time. And when we normally do the podcast, we'll be in the middle of the hatchet hunt. So that's what we're doing. And this is going to follow the same path as the normal blue sheet report, except this is all about color war, because color war has started. This morning, it was cloudy and quiet, and then the rain started. But it was one of those really awesome Cobbacy rainy days when there was no threat of electricity. And it was actually quite warm. Got it to 73 today. And the rain was straight down. No wind at all. Just straight down. It's outstanding. Cleanup happened. Hatchets. Silent breakfast. And then the staff relay started everything off. Hatchets is just a uh, shorthand for the hatchet ceremony. That's where we unbury. We exhume the hatchets that were there from last year. And then we dust them off. And we give them to the captains this year. Captains of each team the gray grizzlies and the blue panthers so those hatchets are the symbolic beginning to color war and so we have to have the hatchet ceremony first and then everyone went straight to the staff relay there was a light drizzle happening staff flying around the course from the very top right by our entryway sign all the way down to the waterfront and it was as everything has been today a close one it was super close and at the very end there was a pitched battle. The two teams reached the waterfront at exactly the same time. And the canoes went out literally bumper boating against each other all the way over to Spirit Island where two swimmers were waiting. Jozo from the maintenance staff who plays college water polo. And Ben Riley who swam in high school for Pullman High School. Go Greyhounds. And then they took off together. And the entire camp screaming, screaming. You've seen the pictures probably already. And they look tied. It's hard to tell because of the way the, you know, the, the foreshortening from where everyone was standing. You couldn't tell who was ahead. And then it looks like Ben had a little bit of an edge. And then it looked like Jose was coming up on him. And then as the, the curvature of the earth straightened out a little bit, you could see that Ben was had a, a solid body or two lead. But he was veering off towards the sailboats. Was he going to hit the sailboats? Would he randomly get entangled in our boat? And then Jozo blow by him at the last minute? Who knew? And then all at once, Ben popped his head up, corrected, and finished. Collapsed on the shore, and Jozo finished right behind him. It was an awesome photo finish. Swimming photo finish. Not all that common at Camp Cobbacy for boys, but there was. Then there was round one. And that was right there in the rain. It was awesome. And that was group one had combined baseball throw. Group two had combined soccer kick. 
Group three had softball, group four had handball, five had football, and six had three-point shooting in the Kaaba Dome, and that went down to the wire, too. It was best out of 50, and then the last bit was just make a three-pointer until the other person missed, and that went down to sudden death as well. Group seven had volleyball and then staff volleyball. Then there was lunch and there was a spelling bee. Everyone but two people, PLVL staff member and Jason Older, Jolder, made it to the very last round. Everyone was out except for those two, and they went through. They were spelling so well, they went through the entire list, and they had to. We had to go get some more words, so they finished off this evening. Then there was team time and the impromptu skit practice and then at four o'clock another round round two group one had kickball group two had soccer group three had combined soccer kick group four had modified volleyball group five had handball group six had cross country and group seven had cross country at 540 was the impromptu skits this was about and you basically get a, a set of rules and characters and a theme and you have to execute a skit in half a day and Gray won that contest, 10 to 0. They had a very good skit. Lots of funny, funny one-liners. And if you want to win over judges at Camp Coppicey for Boys, humor will get you everywhere. And as I speak, the cheering and the banging and the hollering and the carrying on you can hear in the background, that's because we're in the middle of the after-dinner round, round three, which is cross-country for group one, cross-country for group two, Group 3 basketball in the Kaaba Dome, Group 4 soccer, Group 5 volleyball, Group 6 football, and Group 7 three-point shootout. At 8.15 tonight, in about 20 minutes, the hatchet hunt begins. And that is an age-old tradition that Griff got going at Camp Tomahawk in the 70s after he went and visited Camp Lennox for one summer. They had a hatchet hunt. He thought it was a good idea. He made it better. And then he just went on and did it. I hope you can hear what's going on behind me because it's super exciting out there. This is kind of an awesome way to do a podcast. Basically, uh, we it, the way it works is that the two teams have a series of clues. There's eight or nine rounds. There's really, really hard clues at first. And then they get easier slightly as you go so that the hatchet eventually does get found. There's a single wooden hatchet hidden somewhere around Camp Cravacy. And you can send out three runners at first from the dining hall. And you have three minutes to sprint around camp to specific places where you think it might be based on the clues you get. And then you have to get back by the three-minute limit. And if you get back later than three minutes, for each person that's back later, you lose a runner in the next wave. So if you're not fleet of foot and good at listening to the timing, you can cost the next wave the ability to search, which would give your opponent, obviously, an advantage. That's coming up soon, which is why... We have to do the podcast earlier tonight and why you get to hear all this awesome found sound. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our Blue Sheet Report for today, the first full day of Color War 2018. Everyone is super, super excited, as you can tell, behind me. Also, you should know that it was raining all day. It was just a light spitting rain, and we switched out. The boys went home at one point to their bunks and got all dry clothes and put their rain jackets back on, went to lunch. Everyone was happy. No one was cold. About 73 degrees today. And they are out there as if it had not been raining all day long, still going at it. Such is the spirit of Color War 2018. <laughs>
It is a magnificent and busy thing to run Camp Cravacy. And every day I make it out of the office into the breeze and sunlight, or today the rain and the fog of Camp Cravacy, and I spend time with your boys. Sometimes it's a game of knockout, sometimes it's watching an intercamp, and sometimes it's just one-on-one time with a single boy. On events like Color War, it's almost always a group event, and what I want to talk about today is Group 7 Volleyball. Really, really awesome. Same with Staff Volleyball. But Group 7, just in case you're wondering, is all of the station plus a few of the second oldest boys, the oldest council boys, collected in a group of about 20. And they, so it's always 10v10, which means it's perfect for volleyball. And it was fierce. Imagine a volleyball game where there are, you know, obviously six athletes on each side of the net, and then also another 40 watching on both sides. So in between each of the points during this contest, it is dead silent. You can hear all the way from the top of the hill, you could hear literally the hands connect with the volleyball in the rain. It was raining. Everybody's looking up, squinting in the rain, and they wouldn't have it any other way. Soaked to the skin, sand everywhere, on their elbows, chests. For those who dove on their backs, it's just gritty, literally gritty, but also a totally awesome event. You can actually hear the surge of the cheering behind me. That's in a different volleyball game happening right now. So it's the biggest and the best athletes in camp. They're the group sevens, and it's worth a lot of points. And it's very intense in the way volleyball can be. There's a, a holding of the breath and an expulsion at the same time, an explosion. And you might can hear it in the back a little bit. There's there's an advent this year. Someone picked up a trash can and a five-gallon bucket and made a tom drum out of it. And now they're everywhere. And so it's a lot like a Division One college football game around here right now. A little bang, 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 bang. So it's dead silent as the ball is arcing during each point. There's a whistle as it begins, and then off it goes, and everyone's super quiet. There's just the, the low, frenetic chatter of the boys as they communicate with each other, and then as soon as the ball makes contact with the sand and the point is over, one side explodes into cheers and banging on their drums and shaking the noisemakers and just generally being loud and boisterous. And again, it goes quiet. The boys in this intense environment there are moments when you can see them seething even at a call or a close call or there's even a moment of a slight eye roll or a set of the shoulders that seems like it might tilt over into unsportsmanlike conduct and then it just doesn't. You can see these boys, these group sevens, the ones everyone's going to be talking about where the points matter most at the end of their Cobbacy career get close to that precipice and then pull it back. It is even more worthwhile to see this because it is so intense. It is the fire that burns brightest. And that is why I think it's so wonderful. And of course, even more wonderful is that the younger boys are watching, which may be why those group sevens are able to do it at all. And so that is our informal podcast for yet another glorious day at Camp Cobbacy for Boys. When they finally go to bed tonight, your boys will go to bed with good counselors watching over them. Visions of today's acts of heroism and tomorrow's hopeful conquests spinning in their heads. Loons sounding on the lake. All is well in this place set apart.